You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast, presented by me, Kevin Lynch. Here we go! Alright, well, welcome back, and I hope everyone enjoyed their nice three-day weekend. Um, President's Day, I hope you guys all got out there and, and did some fun things, enjoyed the nice weather. It was about 70 degrees down here in Virginia, and I, I remember very clearly in college when the weather went from being like 20 degrees every day to finally maybe having like a 50 degree day, me and my friends called it shorts day. And any day over 50 degrees, we would wear shorts to school. And people thought we were crazy. But I swear, there's something about it when it goes from being miserably cold to being like very enjoyable to being outside that it it's such a good feeling, you know, So this weekend was just a really, really great weekend for me. I spent it in Washington, D.C. with my family. My buddy Mark came out. Uh, So that was was a really nice weekend for me. I hope you guys had a great weekend out there, too. Things to keep your your eyes out for. Um, My girls' basketball team has their first game tomorrow. Pretty excited about it. Uh, pretty, Pretty stoked been really tired recently because I've been working really hard with them and at school so you know we'll see we'll see how this season goes I'm excited I'm excited um speaking of excited I say this every week I don't care I am excited about the excellent interview I've got with my actually my really good friend his name is Bo Caleb Bohannon he teaches in Pittsburgh public schools and he's been one of my great friends since freshman year of college. We met at marching band auditions before the freshman year even started. Um, and me and Bo go go way back. I mean, we spent a lot of time together in college. He's really, really insightful guy. And he's, he's really unique. He, his mind thinks of things in a really unique way. And I really admire that. And I thought that his ideas would be great to share here on the podcast. Um, me and Bo also really click because he's a big sports fan, and I'm a big sports fan. He loves the Ravens so much. His passion for the Baltimore Ravens has made me hate them because of how much he loves them. He, he goes over the top, he goes crazy, and now I, I can't stand them. And so props to Bo for living life with passion, yeah? Um, anyways... Bo teaches in the inner city Pittsburgh. He teaches in Pittsburgh City Public Schools. Um, and he's doing a great job. He teaches second grade to high school, which is insane to me. He teaches high school kids. He teaches second grade kids. And he teaches in between. Not every grade in between, but pretty much. Um, and he does choir. He does general music. And he does pull-out lessons for band. And he was telling me in the interview that Pittsburgh is really starting to integrate the arts more and more into their curriculum, and it's it's a big ongoing project. He's really excited about the things that are going on in his school system, and he's a first-year teacher just like me, so we we have a lot in common. It was a really fun interview to do, and he, we share a lot of common thoughts on things. So here's our interview with Bo. I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Caleb Bohannon, first year teacher uh, from Pittsburgh Public Schools and one of my great friends from undergrad at Penn State University. We call him Bo. So Bo, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. 
Hey, Kevin, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So you're teaching in Pittsburgh public schools. My first mm -hmm. question for you is, what does a typical day look like for Mr. B? You know, coffee and breakfast. Nice. Always got to start the right way. Um, so usually I end up uh, getting to school about a half hour to 40 minutes before uh, first bell rings for first period. I don't have a homeroom, which is nice. Uh, so I start at, I am at two buildings, so I started at the high school, okay. uh, where then first period I have a course class, um, then I have planning, and then I have a class called Understanding Music, which is just sort of a general music course that I kind of um, adapt to kind of what the students are interested in. Oh, and cool. then um, I teach another chorus class, head over to my other building where I teach um, general music ranging from uh, second grade to eighth grade um, and do instrumental pullout lessons for uh, two groups of guitars and low brass students. Okay. Did you say second grade to eighth grade general music? Yes. Oh, man. So you're literally working well, with... Well, I, I don't have all of those grades. I have second, third, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Gotcha. So no fourth or fifth. Okay. Still, that's that's a pretty big range. That's pretty awesome yeah. that you're, you're working and, with so many different kids. Um, wow. And is that... So your schedule is the same every day? Um, not exactly. The high school schedule is always the same. I always have the same classes. Um, the one, the course class is year long, um, but the understanding music is semester long. So we're already in our second semester here. So I have totally new students for that class. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the K to eight that I'm at, um, there's a six day cycle. So, you know, rotating, um, schedules on rotating days. Um, so that, that's pretty much how that works. Wow. Okay. So, so you teach everything from cho chorus, instrumental, and general. Yeah. Um, and, and you went to school for instrumental, right? So, is yeah. that is that your the favorite one that you're doing right now? Or do you have a favorite? Uh, I well, I don't do that much of the instrumental to be yeah. honest. You know, yeah. Three periods a cycle is what I do right now. Mm -hmm. um, and are you do you said you're doing pullout lessons? Yeah, have, that's like, that's do what I'm doing. Concerts with the instrumental. Um, we haven't at the K to eight. So um, Pittsburgh Public Schools is kind of uh, revitalizing its elementary and middle school uh, instrumental music programs in particular. Mm -hmm. um, they hired a bunch of new itinerant music specialists this year, um, and a bunch of new music teachers in general. Um, so they're really trying to expand the program, but um, right now it's getting things started this school that i'm at did have um a couple ensembles that would play a winter and spring concert um that the last guy who was here had set up and now he's still in the district he's actually full-time at the high school where i work now okay. and i'm part-time at this place and so what he did was general and all of the instrumental music pullouts so he just had more middle school students and then the instrumental pullouts um and so I work with the itinerant music specialist as well. So that's why I only have three of the lesson groups and he has the rest. And so he is starting to put together um, a band group and a strings group and whatnot. But um, we're kind of in a flux period where 
when the itinerant music specialist came in, they had to recatalog all the instruments into different a new system that was online. Right. And so they had to do that at all of the buildings they were at, and each one of them is at about six buildings. Um, so they're at a different building each day. Uh, most of them are. Um, so they have that going on. And then also our first guy ended up getting offered another job closer to his house because he was having like an hour commute each way. <laughs> and um, he decided to take that job. So we just lost him and we got a new guy started right around uh, mid-January. So, wow. um, it, so our program's been a little flux this year, but we're hoping to establish at this school um, a nice band and orchestra program because there's a lot of students involved in music at uh, the K-8 to um, in proportion to some of the other schools in the district. So. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, so I know, I've known you for a while. I've known that you've always wanted to teach in an inner-city school you did your student teaching in Pittsburgh public schools too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For for you, what is the best part about working in an inner city school? Like, what's what is something that you love about it? I, I just think it's fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there's. So I grew up going to different school districts. I've moved around a few times, but it was always a. Uh, boondocks, you know, middle of nowhere type of area, or just your kind of typical cookie cutter neighborhood suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had those experiences and I just, I, I don't know. I, you know, my parents, well, my mom in particular always worked in the small city of York in York, Pennsylvania. And I don't know. Uh, also I, I just think since I was young, I had fascinations with cities but I never lived in one, you know. Uh, my parents would take us on vacations, and it would always be to a city, the, the big family vacation to New York City or Washington, D.C., when my brother and I were young. And I just remember um, the cool experiences that we were able to have, the cultural things that we did, the shows that we saw. It, it was so fascinating, just this mesh of um, culture and, you know, just even just re- remembering just feeling dwarfed by the buildings and just all yeah. the people. It, it was just such a cool feeling. And I, I think I just realized that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in a place like that where there's just a little more going on. There's a little more chaos. There's more culture. There's more opportunities just everywhere you are. And, you know, I guess I, I feel like I'm realizing these things more and more as I'm, you know, talking to other teachers and getting advice about things that I can bring into my classroom culture wise and, you know, things that we can do and opportunities that we have from, you know, the great arts community that Pittsburgh has. Um, so it, it's, it's pretty exciting to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. And speaking of all the, the great arts things going on in your community during your student teaching, you did this project where you got your kids on a local radio station, right? From what I saw. <laughs> yeah. It was a, like a, a children's hour on a radio station. Um, it was through the Pittsburgh children's museum. So I had finished this part of my student teaching, um, before, before uh, this aspect of it happened. But, you know, it was the project that I did. They had their finished products, and then they went and recorded them um, with through the Pittsburgh Children's Museum. And, and I have a CD of their recordings, and it's pretty cool. And they got aired on a radio station. Nice. And so um, what it was, it was just uh, we, we did a project uh, during my uh, middle school general music teaching um, section about um, – 
uh, hip hop music and songwriting. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't make the, force the kids to write hip hop songs. Um, but we used a mixture of garage band and, um, these, uh, and they wrote lyrics and, uh, they could write any type of song they wanted, but you know we we first looked at it through uh, the hip hop lens is one that's a very popular music uh, genre. Two, it was very popular amongst the students as far as what they preferred to listen to, and three, lyrically, you know it's a, a very impressive genre to explore, and you have great artists that you can really talk about um, that are making just fantastic, I don't know, uh, works. You know, look at Kendrick Lamar. Um, I think a lot of traditional musicians can listen to his album to pimp a butterfly and just absorb the immense musicianship that's on display there um, in all types of different styles. So, you know, we have these great artists contributing to society, you know, might as well explore them and, um, you know, maybe use that as a platform to create your own art. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just hearing yourself on the radio is probably really cool. And you probably, inspired a lot of kids through that so that's awesome man that's really cool have you have you thought about doing anything with that at your new school now um so we're actually doing a songwriting unit now with my middle school classes um but still trying to figure out all the technological aspects of being able to uh, create the instrumentals and see what resources I have. So it's still in the early phases of the unit and we're mostly just talking about you know song form lyrics you know right. what makes a chorus a chorus what makes a verse a verse so they can have those concepts in their head um for when they start to write right awesome man so it sounds like there's a lot of good things going on there what's been your yeah. biggest uh what's your what's been your biggest challenge this year in your first well, year i don't know there's been a few big ones um i would say in some ways adjusting to teaching at the elementary level yeah i mean i still it still blows my mind that you teach like high school seniors and then you go and you teach second grade that's that's wild yeah it is crazy you know and the i teach out of the elementary i teach mostly third grade mm -hmm. um, and so i teach a cycle eight third grade classes and so it's, it's been tough because coming out of college, you know, in May, when I graduated, cumulative experience in an elementary classroom was 10 minutes that we did for that one class. Do you remember? Like yeah. We, yeah. And I taught a fifth grade class, too. Just get there even a little bit older, you know? So, like. I had nothing going into this. I was just, and the thing too was I didn't find out what I was teaching at the K to eight till, um, let's see, four days before the first day of school. Yeah, I remember talking to you about your job before yeah. before it started, so, and you were like, "Yeah, I don't really know what I'm teaching." And so it was <laughs> crazy just having this thrust upon me, and you know, oh, man. So the and then the first day of school, my first third grade class. You know, I finished at the high school. I'm now at the the K to eight. First third grade class I have. A student that I don't know, and um, you know, I've gotten to know now, uh, has like a meltdown on me. Oh, first five minutes of my first class, <laughs> and 
like barges out the door. <laughs> standing there in shock, like in the doorway. One of the vice principals was in the hallway and just like saw me and was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, it was hilarious, but in the moment, like, I was shaky. I was just so horrified. I was like, things are already going wrong. What am I doing? You know, I was in this spiral. Um, (laughs) But things have gotten a lot better. You know, I've learned uh, tricks that I can use for classroom management. I've worked on uh, ways to get them focused at the start of class. And, you know, and gradually, you know, our relationship has gotten better, too. So, uh, it, it, it's gotten better. I enjoy those classes a lot more now, teaching them. But uh, it was definitely a, a, a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. I have this trick that I use for classroom management, where mm-hmm. like when my when the kids in band are just kind of getting a little out of control, I tell them to listen to the lights, okay. and like it throws them off a little bit. But now they're so used to it, and like it, they actually like they they focus their attention on something. Yeah. Do you like? Can you give me an example of one of your tricks? Um. Well, I, it, yeah. Definitely. It depends on the grade level. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, for for my young ones, uh, the third graders in particular, I haven't done this to the second graders. The second graders, I have more like verbal commands, like banana split, everybody sit, that oh, they yeah. used in their other classrooms. Yeah. So, like, it's just very routine for them. Um, but the third graders start to move away from that because this is a bigger year for them. They start moving around to different right. teachers more, and they have um, this is the first year that they receive letter grades. So mm-hmm. it's you know, um, I one thing that ended up working the best. You know, I have you know uh, you know five, four, three, two, one. Just start countdown. So like that means if they're like grabbing their books and they're kind of lollygagging, be seated and quiet in those five seconds with your stuff ready to go. And, you know, just things like that, some verbals, but, you know, not as, uh, I guess, corny. Um, but the one thing that really gets them, if they're just having a bad day, which sometimes they do, especially like my last class of the day when it's last period mm-hmm. and they're ready to go, I just look at my watch and say, kind of quietly, I'm starting my watch. And I just sit there and stare at my clock, you know. Um, and so as the seconds tick by, they know now that it's a policy if they talk over me throughout the period for at least three minutes, they have a writing assignment the next class. Mm. And the writing assignment lasts as long as they talk. And I made three minutes the bottom because early on, I one time got to 10 minutes with the class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just, I'm very stubborn. It has to be totally silent before I'll move on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they really don't like it when I make them write um, like <laughs> that because I make them write about what we learned last class too. Yeah. They're all upset about it, you know, and they're all like calling each other out. We had to do this because so and so wouldn't stop talking, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the type of stuff. That they're <laughs> so they're all just like really, you know, salty about it. But you know, now it totally works. You know, like I rarely have a class get to a minute, so you know they rarely have to write because I, I say I'm starting my watch. They know like, oh, we better turn it down because he'll actually make us do that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's that sounds like that works really well. Yeah, that ended up paying off well after a while. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Think back with me to mm-hmm. when you were in college and you had no idea that you were going to be placed at this job. 
Mm-hmm. You had no idea you were going to have this security of having a job. I think we were all a little bit nervous about getting jobs, but we all did okay. Um, what what advice would you give yourself as a college senior going out looking for jobs? Well, uh, I might not be the best person to ask that. Uh, well, I guess I'd tell myself now uh, be more proactive and look more places. Yeah. Um. Because I feel like this happened to a lot of us, but a lot of us got hired in late July, August. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. around that time. And it's also around that time where you're starting to panic. Yeah, that's, that's like uh, right around when the, the time that I was too. panicking that I was thinking, oh, God, I didn't apply to enough places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I wasn't getting some of the calls that I anticipated and some yeah. of the responses that I anticipated. And so, you know, it ended up being that towards those last, towards those first few days, I guess, of, of August, you know, the first two weeks, I was getting some of those calls then. Um, but fortunately, I had been able to actually accept my job at Pittsburgh ahead of time. But even that almost didn't happen because, so... They have this system thing where when I sent my application, it was apparently after a deadline that wouldn't be incorporated into, like, the files that the person was examining, you know, yeah, all, yeah. all the resumes that the person was examining for these positions. So they didn't even know I applied for it, essentially. And, you know, I, I just, by luck, I you know, I spoke to one of the teachers that I student taught with, and I said, I haven't heard anything. I'm kind of surprised, you know, because... <clears throat> You know, both of my co-teachers gave me, um, uh, whatchamacallit, letters of rec- uh, recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, they both told me to apply to the district. Um, so, you know, I thought I'd at least hear something back, and I wasn't hearing something. It was mid-July. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up being able to get in contact with uh, the head of the arts department uh, for the school district and um, found out that my resume wasn't even, they didn't even know that it existed. So I got very lucky and got in right in the nick of time to be able to get into an interview, and I was fortunately hired. Nice, man. Well, I'm sure they're definitely glad they have you. It sounds like you're doing a lot and doing a lot of good <laughs> well, things out there. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, here is the final thing that I do with everyone. It's called, right. it's called Rapid Fire. Oh, okay. And I'm just going to shoot off questions to you, and you mm-hmm. have to just respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. What is your dream car? Uh, Jeep Wrangler. Hmm. Dream vacation. I don't know. I feel like Tokyo would be cool. Yeah, I agree. Would you rather be a famous artist? Um, or bring your famous artist, sorry, I'm going to say this question again. (laughs) Would you rather be a famous artist or bring your favorite artist back to life? Ooh. I think I'd rather be famous. Yeah. Who are you thinking about bringing back to life? I, I mean, my brain automatically, I, you might guess this, but goes to Kurt Cobain. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you know like i feel like yeah i mean there there's such a there's such a legacy there and you know i mean like is it really you know taking death back yeah that changes 
everything about your image of someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who's, I don't know. I just feel like, what would that do to the image that I have and what we know of the history of the person and who they were and what they left for this like earth to appreciate and understand? Yeah. Yeah. If you could grab a beer with one person that are alive, who would it be? Um, my grandfather. Oh, that's nice. Really nice, man. Last question. Mm-hmm. So let's say that there's two bands offering yeah. you a job as a singer. Okay. One is extremely underrated, but they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And one is extremely famous, but they're kind of bad. Underrated band. I, don't know <laughs> I knew the answer to that one before I asked it. I just I saw it. I thought it'd be a good one to ask. All right, Bo. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, man. I Thanks really appreciate me. it. Uh, pleasure is mine. Honestly, I learned something different from every interview that I do, and it's especially cool when I'm learning things from the guys that I went to college with. Because, yeah, I mean, we were teaching each other and we were pushing each other while we were in college. But now we're all on different parts of the world. I mean, I'm in Virginia. Bo's in Pittsburgh. My friend Nathan, who came on the show in the beginning, is in Pennsylvania. We're all scattered across. So it is really nice to hear from each other and, and to keep learning from each other and, and to keep being inspired by each other. I think that's really cool. Uh, and I'm really, really proud that I had Bo on here. He did a great job on that interview. And... Um, I'm glad that you guys got to hear that. He's doing a great job out in Pittsburgh, so shout out to Bo. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I'm seeing more and more people doing that, so keep it up, and I'll see you next week, guys.